Um, now, if you are of the belief that uh, that Klaudiusel's leaders, uh, no matter how great they are, are still human and are still flawed, you'll find a lot of evidence in this week's parsha to such a thing that uh, Malachi Hashem or Malachi Hashem and human beings are human beings. There are some very, very, very great human beings. Some human beings whose greatness is so great that we can't even begin to comprehend it. But uh, there's nobody that's beyond uh, the possibility of doing an avera uh, every now and then. Um, and we find in this week's parsha that Aaron Hakohen not only enables the chede, that not only does Aaron Hakohen enable the chede egel, Moshe Rabbeinu does something which seems really. Uh, very, very troubling, at least in the moment that it's done, even if he gets a yashakayach for it afterwards. You know, let's start with Aaron. Aaron the Avodazar is not just any Avera. It's the very worst Avera that exists. It's a total betrayal of Hashem. And uh, here we have the Dardaya, thousands of Jews throughout, throughout history have been Moser Nefesh to avoid this Avera. And the Dardaya, uh, it, it led by Aaron HaKohen, does this what seems like an Avera of Avodazara. So that's uh, that's that's <coughs> troubling on on, on 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 the surface. Furthermore, Moshe Rabbeinu breaking the Luchos doesn't seem to be much better. Um, you know, I hope to never be in the room or in a shul at a time when a Sefer Torah falls. Uh, I am told it is a very jarring experience uh, when you're there and a Sefer Torah falls. Uh, I can't even imagine what it would be like if you could even uh, think of such a thing that somebody would go take a Sefer Torah from the Aaron Kodesh or a Chmanal Sun, throw it to the ground. Um, but if you think about it, Moshe Rabbeinu did even worse than that. Moshe Rabbeinu had the original set of luchos, and he consciously threw it to the ground and smashed the luchos. Yeah, he got a yeshkach for it later, but how in the moment could he have allowed himself to get uh, angry enough to do something like that? So I want to talk a little bit about an idea that is highlighted mostly by Hasidus, and I, I will be honest with you, it's an idea. It's an idea that I have struggled with and do struggle with, and I'm not still not sure what I think about it. But having said that, even though it's an idea that's highlighted mostly by Chasidus, it is also highlighted by Chamude Daniel, Rav Daniel Stein, in his piece on this week's parsha, uh, which is you know um, a, a little bit surprising. Uh, the, and the idea is that you know I think the way the, how we speak about it also makes a difference. Um, you know, if speaking about it will provide provide certain people with inspiration for future growth. And the topic is the idea is that sometimes an avera has positive value to it, uh, which seems like a total stira mineube that an avera is something negative. So how could there be positivity to an avera? An avera is something terrible. It's going against what the Ratzon Hashem is. So what does it mean that there's positive value to an avera? But it seems that there is this idea, not that averos are good, but that there is positive value very often to an avera that is, uh, to, to averos that are done. I remember the first time I heard Rav Moshe Weimiger speak about this concept. I was very, very confused. I uh, had a long schmooze with Rav Moshe Tzvi afterwards, like, why is this okay? Uh, you know, like, what's the, uh, what's the idea over here that we're, like, telling people now Averos are a good thing, that you should be, like, proud that you did an Avera? So let's express it the way Rav Stein expresses it in Chamude, in Chamude Daniel. He brings two examples. First, 
he begins with the comment of the Chasam Sofer on Parshas Bahar about Aaron HaKohen. Torah tells us the, of the Mishkan and its Kalim twice. First in Parshas Shuman Sadeh, and then again in Vayakal Pukudein. In between, we learn about the Chara Egel and the Shvir Saluchos. So the Chasam Sofer explains, based on the comment of the Chovas Alvavos, that sometimes a single Avera of a Tzaddik can accomplish more than all of the mitzvahs of that tzaddik had accomplished. Because the Avera could sometimes bring about a certain sense of humility and perspective that enables him to become an even greater tzaddik. And that's why the Pasuk says, Toras emes hoisa b'fihu and verabim heishiv me'avon. And the Gemara in Chul and Daf Peitas says, Hashem says to Klal Yisrael, Choshkani b'chem sha'afilu b'shoshani mashpia l'chem gedula, atemimatim atzmechem l'fanai. That when I give you gedula, you minimize yourself. Nasati gedula l'avram, I gave uh, power and gedula t'avram avinu, amar l'fanai v'anochi afar ve'efer. And he totally humbled himself and he said, anochi afar ve'efer. L'moshe v'aron, I gave gedula, I gave kavod and power to Moshe v'aron, amru v'nachnuma. Ludavid, I gave power to David, political power to David, Amar, Vanochi Tolaas, Velo Ish. The humility of these three tzaddikim is expressed in three phrases. Anochi Ofer Ve'efer of Avram Avinu, Vinachnuma of Moshe Rabbeinu, and Vanochi Tolaas, Velo Ish of David Amelech. So some Sefer points out the Rashi Tevis of Efer, Ma, and Tolaas are MS. When the Navi Malachi praises Aaron, uh, he alludes to the combined humility by saying, Torah's emes haisa b'fihu. That Torah, by aiding in the Cheda Egel, it was Torah's emes haisa b'fihu. That he, re- he achieved a level of humility that was the equivalent of the humility of Avram Avinu, of Moshe Rabbeinu, and of David Melech. That through leading that, uh, that Avera, he, he was so humbled that he achieved a certain sense of humility that, that was as great as the most humble people and the greatest leaders in the history of Kal Yisrael. And then immediately following the Egel, he becomes the Kohen Gadol because that humility is what prepared him to become the Kohen Gadol. In fact, the Medrash quoted by Rashi tells us that Aaron was very hesitant about becoming the Kohen Gadol because he felt guilty about the Chere Egel. How can I become the Kohen Gadol? I just enabled the Chere Egel. And Hashem responds, Lekach Nivcharta. Lekach Nivcharta doesn't mean that you are being appointed as a Kohen Gadol despite your role in the Egel. It means you are being appointed the Kohen Gadol because of your role in the Egel, because you were involved in that Avera. In Shvile Pinchas, where Pinchas Friedman elaborates on the idea based on the Gemara in Avodazar Davdalud, the Gemara tells us, Amr Bisham Levi lo osi Yisrael as Egel el that the Egel was an Avera that had to happen in order to make tshuva possible in future generations. It's a Gemara. Baal Shem Tov explains that the Mishnah and Rosh Hashanah, it's a Hasidic reading of a Mishnah, but the, the Mishnah and Rosh Hashanah, Dav Chavtes, says, Zeh kol she'en So we know what that means in Halacha, but in Hasidus, the Baal Shem Tov explains that, uh, that it means that a tzaddik or a leader that's not mechuyiv b'davar, that's not chayiv for that Avera, e'inu motzias harabim yidei chavasan, is not going to be able to help the rabbim achieve kapara for that Avera. The leader who's going to lead them to kapara has to also 
also have a little bit of a portion in that Avera. He has to, to lead them out of their mess. He has to understand their mess. He also has to be has to have stumbled somewhat. In fact, the Gemara Chagiga Daf Chavbeis tells us that Hamatbil Kli Betoch Kli that it doesn't work if you have one Kli inside of another Kli and you dip them in the mikvah. It doesn't work to be Metahir the inner Kalim unless there's a Kishvoferes no, There's a certain uh, passageway where water can flow in between the Kalim. However, says the Gemara, if the outer Kli is Tame as well, then the inner Kli is going to become Tar even without the opening of a Shvoferes Hanod. If the outer Kli is Tahar, it's not sufficiently connected to the inner Tame Kli uh, to allow the, the purification of the inner Kli. But when the outer Kli is Tame, it's able, it, it can enable the, 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 the Tahara of the inner Kli, Agav the Tara of the outer Kli. And that's representative of this same idea, that uh, in order for the uh, for, to, for the, to be motzias harabim yidechavasim, so to speak, to to be mechaper for other people, a person needs to be high of himself. The Chassam Sofer in his Drashos and Parshas Kisisa explains that that's why Para Aduma is mechaper for the Cheda Egel. Because the uniqueness of Para Aduma is that it's metares atmeim or metames atahorim. Because sometimes in order to be metares atmeim, the tahorim need to get a little dirty also. The tahorim need to have a little bit of tumah as well. Again, a very difficult and troubling idea, but the idea being that sometimes uh, through an Avera, a person has certain capabilities to accomplish what he otherwise could not have accomplished, whether it be in relating to other people and inspiring other people, or whether it be in as far as humbling himself. Rav Stein explains that, in fact, even the Shviras Haluchos is explained in this context. In the Sefer Chuos Chain, he explains that when Moshe Rabbeinu saw the Aver of Klal Yisrael, he chose to destroy the Luchos rather than to put them aside for later, for after they do tshuva. Why destroy them? Why not just say, okay, they're not ready for them yet, I'm going to put them away, and when they're ready, it's like a parent buys a treat for a child, right? And then he comes home and the kid is having a meltdown, right? He's having, okay, he doesn't deserve this treat right now, so what does his parent do? Does he throw the treat in the garbage? No, he puts it away, one day he's going to have a good day, and when he has a good day and he does something nice, I'm going to take the treat out. But that's not what Moshe Rabbeinu did. He has the luchos, he chooses to destroy them rather than to just put them away. And it says the Chos Chaim, because Moshe Rabbeinu realized that if he was going to lead the nation out of the Avera of Avodah he had to be part of the Avera also. And how can Moshe Rabbeinu be part of Avodah Zarah? Gemara and Shabbos Kufhe tells us, HaMeshaber Kelov Bechamaso, when you break something in anger, Yehei Be'inecha Ke... Oved Avodazara. You should view such a person as an Oved Avodazara. Moshe Rabbeinu says, if I see a nation that's Oved Avodazara and I'm supposed to lead this nation, I have to have a little bit of a Shabbat of Avodazara in me. So he expressed anger, which is akin to Avodazara. And, and therefore, he was now going to be able to be the one to lead them to the tshuva that they needed. But again, this idea is very, very troubling. Meaning, what is an Avera if it's not an outright rebellion against the Rebona Shalom? If it's not something that you are not supposed to do, how can you ever celebrate an Avera? So, okay, the simple answer is, no, this is retrospective. It's not prospective. I mean, maybe for Moshe Rabbeinu it was, but he was on a different level. We can't understand that. But for us... 
for us, you know, we would never say, well, you know, you've been tzaddik your whole life. How are you ever going to relate to people? Go do some avevas. You know, there is such a concept that people uh, sometimes, sometimes even, uh, I've, I've heard even educators, you know, say, go get it out of your system. You know, go, go like, uh, you know, no, that, that's, not, that's not what we do. We don't like go get things out of our system by uh, doing terrible things and doing, uh, doing averos. That's not, uh, that's not proper. That's not at all the right thing to do. In retrospect, instead of letting it crush you and uh, feeling that you have no hope and that you're uh, low life and that there's nothing that will ever become of you, a person is supposed to take a look back at his averos and figure out how he can use them to inspire himself. But even retrospectively, it's so hard to understand. And averos should be something, right? You look at the Raman of Chushuva, there's charata. What does charata mean? It means I regret it. It means I feel terribly about it. It means I feel horribly about it. Right? What does this mean? That we're celebrating an Avera? That we take an Avera and we say, oh, through this Avera I'm going to accomplish good? So I think it means two things. First of all, there is the concept of nuance. And that is that there are very few actions that are purely good or purely bad. Uh, Rav Hutner in the Pachad Yitzchak on Sukkot and Maimar Nun Beis, Oschas, says that every single Avera a person does has some good in it also. Because if there were not any good in it, there would be no path to tshuva. Meaning if there's no nitzots there, if there's nothing there, there's no spark to grab onto, well then it would be pure evil. And pure evil, you can't have tshuva that turns it into, uh, you know, tshuva me'av, it turns it into a zechos, or even tshuva mir. You can't, you can't, you won't have the ability to do a mitzvah of tshuva through something that has no goodness. You have to find that goodness in it, and then be able to build from there. And he points to the chedah egel being delayed until machar, the next day. As it, that's the silver lining of the Chalegel. The Chalegel was almost pure evil, except they didn't do it with Zrizos. They waited until the next day. And there was a little bit of something. There was a, that, that was the little spark, the little goodness that was in that Avera, and we could build from there. So Aaron led Klaliusol in the Avera, but they didn't do it right away. Within the Avera, there was that subconscious sense that what they were doing wasn't right, and that's why they weren't eager to do it right away. In fact, what Tzaduk uh, explains that that's why, even though the Torah says, we only give 39 Malchios, we don't give 40 Malchios, because if a person commits an Avera that's pure evil, he would deserve 40 Malchios. But since we're not capable of pure evil, and even when we do things that are bad, there's always some, some silver lining, some shemets of goodness in there somehow, our every Avera has some element of good, so we only receive 39 lashes. Now, there are times where that element of good within an Avera is more obvious than others. I've told the story in the past, I've heard from Rabbi Breidowitz, uh, where Breidowitz said when he, he, he uh, was involved in NCSY, when he was living in uh, in the States, um, there was an NCSY girl, a high school girl, who, uh, whose parents absolutely forbade her from uh, observing Shabbos. They, they said, that's not what we do. You can't. But she was falling in love with Judaism, and she was going to NCSY Shabbatons, and she, was, uh, she wanted to light Shabbos candles. So what she did was, she waited until very, very late at night, on a Friday night, after her parents went to sleep. And at 11.30 p.m. on Friday night, she took two candles, snuck into the bathroom, made a bracha, lit the two candles, and then quickly blew them out. Now, can you, can you even enumerate all the Averos that she did in that? Right? She, she went into the bathroom and said a bracha in the bathroom. It was a bracha levatala. It was uh, Havara on Shabbos. It was, uh, she was Mechaba Esha on Shabbos. The Averos, it's just crazy how many Averos she did. It's not so hard to see the silver lining in that Avera, though. 
right? To see the the uh, the, the goodness in in that avera. Now, other averos, not so easy to see the goodness in, but there has to be. Rav Hutner says there's got to be some some goodness. It reminds me a little bit of uh, what uh, Rav Tversky uh, quoted from his mother, Allah Shalom, that uh, he said his mother had a had a vart, which said that uh, that Yitzchak uh, loves Esau. The, when the pasuk says that Yitzchak loves Esau, then that Rivka loved uh, Yaakov. It doesn't just say that Rivka chose Yaakov and Yitzchak chose Esau. It says Rivka oheves as Yaakov and Yitzchak was ahav in past tense uh, Esau. Why is it that by Esau, Yitzchak's love of Esau was past tense and Rivka's love of Yaakov, it was present tense? So if Tversky quoted from his mother that when, when it comes to a Yaakov where everything was good, so there's this constant stream of love. It was always, everything about him there was, you, you were able to love. When it came to, to Esau, there were only a few nekudos of goodness. And the way Yitzchak loved him was by focusing on those, by focusing on those sparks of goodness and those moments of goodness, because no matter where a person, how far a person has fallen, there are always those sparks. So he was described in past tense, because Yitzchak would find that, and that's where he built his love, his love from. Tversky commented when I was in Nachum he said that his mother was so uh, you know, was so non-assertive and was so behind the scenes and was not out there and doing. Yeah, he said, "Can you imagine how many more gems like that we?" Uh, you know, he referred to this vart. So, can you imagine how many more gems like that we probably lost out on because of her personality was that way? He said, "But because her personality was that way and because that's the way she lived her life, she enabled." everybody else around her to accomplish so many, so many more great things. So on, on a whole, it was probably a win, but she was capable of such, uh, such, such gems. So a similar notion when it comes to, just like when it comes to an evil person, there's always some good. When it comes to an evil deed, there's always some good somewhere in there. So that's on one level, the value of an Avera. But secondly, and the, the, the thing that seems to be highlighted more, is the dejection one feels when they do an Avera can be used productively. I mean, it could be used in a very destructive way, where a person says, "Okay, that's it. Uh, you know, for fallen, it's lost. I'm, I'm done. There's nothing. There's nothing I could do. I can make it myself anymore. I'm, I'm you know, uh, I'm acher, right? Uh, that, uh, that that I can't do tshuva anymore." Or it could be used in a productive way, where a person feels a sense of humility, and that sense of humility drives the person to a greater sense of uh, of, of avodas Hashem. The uh, the Balatanya writes in Perichavav. He says, "Masha kasav b'chol etzav yir Mosar pirushia eze yistron umaylem eze." He says, "Sadness generally is not a good thing. Depression is not a good thing." So, what does it mean b'chol etzav yir Mosar? So, Balatanya writes that it's conv- there. There is a yistron. There's a mila from this. Hine adrabo miloshin zemashma she esav mitzad atzmo ein bo mila rak sheyagia viyavo mimenu eze yistron that. The, the sadness itself is not good, but through it, a person can achieve a certain maila. V'hainu ha-simcha ha-amitis b'ashem elokav ha-ba-achar ha-etzav ha-amiti li-itim uzumanim al-avonosav b'mar nafshal v'lev nishbar that if a person doesn't have eira and he's bitter about it and he's upset about it and he's brokenhearted about it, that can lead to a certain great simcha of kirvas elokim shal yidezeh nishbar ruach hatumah v'sitra achra that breaks down the barrier between him and the Ribbon Shalom. The Gemara Chagiga Daftes tells us that Hashem searched all of the Midos that will help inspire greater Avodah Hashem, and he discovered Yafa 
that there's nothing as good for the Jewish people as poverty. Why? Because poverty is humbling, and humbled people make for greater Ovdei Hashem. And that's the second value of an Aver, if you could say such words, is that the humbling experience of realizing that I'm not perfect, that I didn't do everything, that I don't live up to my own expectations of myself or to the Rebbe Shalom's expectations of me, that humbling experience can drive a person. Parenthetically, I was in the, the um, Rebbe's room upstairs, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Rav Shechter quoted that Gemara, Gemara Chagig. He says, Yafani Yisraeli. So he said, The yeshiva is very makbid to make sure that we are uh, that we're very good people. So we make sure that that all the Rashi yeshiva are uh, aniyim. That we're Yafani Yisraeli. So uh, he was joking. We're not all aniyim. Baruch Hashem. But um, uh, at the end of the day, uh, I'm going to say big chiddush. You're not supposed to do averos, right? At the end of the day, averos are things that you should avoid. But it's a fact of our existence that we have done Averos and that we likely will do many more Averos. So our job is to fight our Yetzir to avoid all Averos to the best of our ability, to always push ourselves uh, to become better, but we'll often succeed and sometimes we'll fail. And when we fail, we then have to, again, retrospectively, be able to use those failures as the impetus for future success, either in finding where was the goodness in the Avera or uh, 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 achieving that sense of humility, that sense of, uh, of, of anivus that a person has to have in order to inspire greater Avodah Hashem. Okay.